by ChristchurchChristianCenter.org. And I could spend weeks and hours and months and years planning what I want to happen with my life, but I know that in the end, that is not going to be what happens because God is in control ultimately. Um, and his plan is always going to be greater than mine and I can't imagine what his plans will be like and I can never try and write out my own because his will always be better Um, but I found an old journal of mine a few months ago um, and I love to journal, I always have one or two in the go and write out everything that's happening in my life Um, and I wanted to share a bit of it with you to show you just how um, plans don't work out (laughs) so if we could have the next slide up Okay, so I planned, this was in ages, I planned each age and what I would do at each age, because I love to be organised. So, age 16, I planned, this was when I was about 13, I planned this, um, to get a part-time job at Waitrose, and that did actually happen, so I was very happy that that happened, Um, but I can tell you that it all went downhill from there. So, age 18, go to university and study to be a radiographer, so do some ultrasounds and stuff, but obviously that didn't happen because I'm at Bible College. Um, next one age 20 meet the man of my dreams and I planned that he would be an American man he wants to be a pastor Um, and I'm 20 now and I can wholeheartedly say that has not happened Um, (laughs) yeah there's time yeah a few months left (laughs) okay next one age 21 graduate and marry the American pastor that is in about two months so that I don't see that happening um Age 22, move to, oh, America, it's meant to say, and have a big house in the suburbs. That's in a couple of years, I can't see that happening. And the next one, age 23, have my first baby. And I actually did plan that my first baby would be a girl as well, because I'm just that (laughs) organised. So obviously, my plans have not worked out. Um, Yeah, so, the... Yeah, none of my plans have worked out, but yeah, if we have the next slide up, that is because God's plans are so much better and so much further than we can ever imagine. So his plan, I don't know if you can see it, says his plan is to build us into something far greater than we were, far greater than we can ever imagine. Our imagination simply can't reach the greatness that God has for us. And sometimes we actually have to be broken down in order to be rebuilt into what God has for us. So if, we, if you have your Bibles, could you turn to Jeremiah 18? I'm going to be reading it in the message version, and it should come up on the screen as well if you want to follow along. So in the message it says, God told Jeremiah, up on your feet, go to the potter's house. When you get there, I'll tell you what I have to say. So I went to the potter's house, and sure enough, the potter was there working away at his will. Whenever the pot the potter was working on turned out badly, as sometimes happens when you're working with clay, the potter would simply start over and use the same clay to make another pot. God then speaks to Jeremiah afterwards, saying, Can't I just, look, Israel, can't I just work on you how the potter works on his clay? I, at any moment, I could decide to tear down a people or a nation, And then again, at any moment, I could decide to build up a people or a nation. Isaiah 64, verse 8 says this. You, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. If you think of yourself as the clay, sometimes life feels like it can look like this. So nice and smooth. Everything's going well. 
And then the next minute, it can look a bit like that. <laughs> um, but God has the power to break us down and to rebuild us, all for our growth in him. A friend of mine had a really beautiful dream once, and it completely illustrated God's way of graciously and painfully also asking to break us down in order to rebuild us. In this dream, she was walking with God through valleys and forests and beautiful <coughs> greenery. There we go. Um, and they got to the top of a hill, a, a hill that they were walking up to. And as they looked down, they saw a beautiful city, probably more beautiful than that, actually. Um, and it was really built up, and it had um, bright lights, and it was colourful and vibrant, and it was busy, and it had skyscrapers. And it looked like a city that had been built up over time. Um, with intricate details and there were busy lives and God looked at my friend and said this city that you see this is your life and I want to knock it down so think of your life as that city what do you see when you look down at it is it tall and built up and busy or is it quiet and peaceful or noisy Maybe you can see some construction work already happening. It's a bit messy. But whatever it looks like, it's yours. The most valuable, amazing gift that you've ever been given. Each day you've had it, it's grown in beauty. And it's got wider with friends and family coming and going as years have passed. And it's your city. But God wants to knock it down. Why? His plan is to build us into something far greater than we were and far greater than we can ever imagine. That's why. So God told my friend, I want to rebuild your city in your life. And she let him. Very brave of her to do. She asked God to break her down and to deconstruct and reconstruct her city into something more beautiful than she could ever imagine. And when she woke up the next day after this dream, she began a life-changing fully transforming process of deconstruction and it really hurt her it was really painful but after the deconstruction comes the birth of new creation the rebuilding and my friend's rebuilding process eventually tore down the years and years of long-term depression and she became one of the bubbliest and most inspirational people i've ever met but she had to give it to god in order for that to happen she had to make sure she'd invited him in to do that work in her. I like to think of God as a gentleman, actually. He doesn't come over with a bulldozer and just start tearing things down without asking first. He won't just invite himself in and start tearing things off the walls. But he stands at the door and knocks. Revelation 3.20 in the New Living Translation says, Look, I stand at the door. And knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we'll share a meal together as friends. He doesn't barge in or tear the doors down or force himself in. He knocks. He would like your permission to rebuild you. He likes to have an invitation and a welcome. He doesn't want to intrude your space or be where he's not wanted. But he doesn't want to be left on the outskirts either. What God desires is for us to invite him in and to let him work. Something I've learned over the past few weeks is that sometimes we can have 
something toxic hiding in our lives. And going back to the analogy of a house, it's almost like asbestos in a wall. You can't see it or smell it a lot of the time, but you kind of know that it might be there, but you choose to just ignore it because it's not going to do anything for now. But in the long term, it is going to harm you. So you could have a relationship in your life that might be toxic. And it's not that the other person is toxic. They might just be toxic to you. You could be doing something that in the back of your mind you know is toxic. It's slowly but seriously harming you, but it's not having an immediate effect, so it's okay. But the thing is, it's still there. And those walls are going to need to be knocked down in order to be rebuilt into the greatness that God has for you. You can't get, this is another analogy, I love analogies, you can't get an extension on a house without knocking a few walls down. And it'll probably take a while as well. And it'll be messy and dirty, and there'll be rubble everywhere and dust, and you won't be able to see any of the good thing that you know is coming, because you'll just be swamped in all the dust. You see, asking God to grow you is not going to be easy. You can't grow without a little bit of a stretch and some pain. Ecclesiastes 3 is a really great chapter and it teaches about how there's a season for everything in our lives and a right and perfect season for everything, not just a season, a perfect season for everything. Verse 3 starts that there is a right time to destroy and another to construct. God knows when it's time to rebuild you and he knows when the season is right. He knows when the weather's best and when it's perfect for you to be rebuilt. So most of you know me and Gemma are on placement from Moreland's Bible College. Um, And a few of you know that before Easter, we have really long holidays at Moreland. So we have four weeks for Easter. And before those four weeks, we had five weeks where we were meant to go on a um, block placement. You could choose anywhere in the country to go in your second year. And then in your third year, you can go anywhere in the world. And it's just to experience ministry in everyday life for five weeks. So full-time ministry. So I chose a um, cross-cultural church in Harrow in London. And it was really great because I love cross-cultural work and it was just, it seemed perfect. Um, so I got ready and I drove, started to drive down on the Sunday. Um, and I was praying as I was driving down because I like praying on long drives and just talking to God. And I asked God, I said, God, please can you grow me? over these five weeks? Can you teach me and stretch me and grow me? And that was kind of a bit of a silly thing to do on the way to a new place. Um, And in my head, I'd planned out what the growth would be because I love to plan. So I thought, oh, God, grow me in my love for cross-cultural mission. Grow me in my love for um, ministry and full-time. Grow me in all of these areas. And I'd planned out what God would do in my life over that time. So I did grow over that time, but in none of the areas that I'd planned to. So growth is painful, and it does require being knocked down a bit, or a lot. So I lasted, actually, just four days in Harrow before I had to come home um, and let God continue to break me down and rebuild me, because I asked him to. And the things that I learned and grew in over the time that I was at home 
when I should have been on my block are things that have equipped me to recognise the strongholds that I still had in my life that I thought I'd already broken down and has equipped me and given me the tools to deal with those things. I asked God to grow me and it was painful, but the pain could never ever compare to the greatness that God has after the storm. Romans 8.18 says, it should be up on there, yeah. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. There might be buildings or rooms in your life that could do with knocking down. And there might just be a few leaks that need sorting out, maybe. You might be in a season where you need gentleness, and so you might need some cobwebs swept away before any deeper work begins. But whatever you need doing, ask God to join with you in that and to invite him in and let him do what he wants to do and not what you want to do with your house or your life, your house. <laughs> God knows exactly how you work. He created you and he knit you together in, his mother's, in your mother's womb. So he knows exactly what you need and how you need it. He knows if you're the type of person that needs a really hard shove to get work started or if you just need a gentle encouragement to get you going. He knows your exact language that you speak and no one else does and he won't speak anything else to you. But something that we need to remember in the season of breaking down is that God would not be breaking something down for no reason. The pain has a purpose and each knock has a reason behind it in the end. God would never ever leave you in a derelict building after knocking half of it down. He finishes his work you aren't complete until you're rebuilt. If we have the next slide up. John 15, 1-2 says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. I found a quote a few months ago and it says I met God who slowly painfully and divinely pieced me back together I think that just sums up exactly how God works and how he can work in our lives